Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends, subscribe, and drop a rating. Give me a follow on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N to share all your thoughts and comments, and that's where you can reach out to me uh, to come on to the podcast as a guest. I'm excited to welcome on Adrian Gonzalez. No, not the former major leaguer. This Adrian Gonzalez was a former athletic trainer in the Orioles minor league system, most recently with the Delmarva Shorebirds. Can't wait to get into this interview with Adrian Gonzalez right after this break. Adrian, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How have you been keeping busy lately? Bobby, man, thank you for having me on. Um, excited to do this. Um, you know, with everything kind of going on, I've just kind of tried to, you know, stay busy with, uh, you know, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I said I'm going uh, back to PT school. So I'm trying to do that. So I've been keeping busy with some classes. Um, and then, you know, working at a uh, physical therapy clinic as well, kind of balancing that out. Um, it's pretty tough, man. I tell you, balancing school and uh, a full-time job is, you know, it's kind of tough. So uh, I've been doing that. It's going to keep me pretty busy and then okay. just spending some time with some family. And then that's about it, you know, just trying to stay safe and, and healthy. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of right there in the hotbed of of everything that was COVID-19. Um, you're, you said you're just north of uh, New York City. So how, how's everything been been treating you? Just just hunkering down, just staying safe? Yeah, man, that's about it. Um, you know, that's the, one of the hot zones here in New York. Definitely, uh, I think the first patient was confirmed in my county, in Westchester County. So it's kind of where it all started in like wow. early March. Um, and, you know, I think it was all, you know, it's all panicking at first. So people really didn't know what to do. And especially down here, you know, people really got a, a little crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, everything's kind of, you know, as more information's gotten out there, everything's kind of calmed down. So, right. you know, things have, uh, have been a little, a little better, I guess, for everyone. So, yeah, just trying to stay safe and, and staying at home as much as possible. And then, you know, go to work when I have to go to work. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can do, man. So you left the Orioles back in December, January, somewhere around there. So you you kind of alluded to it. What's next to come for you? Um, So like I I mentioned, uh, you know, it was sometime near the end of the season where I was like, um, I never got tired of baseball. I never got tired of working as an athletic trainer. But I was like, you know, what can I do to kind of further and better myself? Mm Mm-hmm. So I kind of looked into the options of what I had, and it was like, you know, I kind of can do a complete 180, maybe do something completely different, but which I, you know, was realistically small chance of me doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I was like, let me find something that, that's kind of 
fairly in a similar field and just get more, a little more education and learn a lot more things. Um, so then I was like, okay, let me look at PT. Um, so I had a couple of friends that actually just recently, you know, did the same thing, left their jobs and they were athletic trainers as okay. well. And, uh, yep, they, uh, decided to go to PT school. So then I kind of had them to help me out as to like what I needed to do and stuff like that. So they've been a great help, um, into making that transition. So that's right. kind of the path I'm on now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, two guys, two guys that used to work in baseball, but now we don't. So that's it, man. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, well, I mean, if I can ask you a question, what made you want to, you know, leave baseball? Yeah. Um, so basically, so I guess right after, or right before I left the shorebirds, um, I proposed to my fiance and, um, I knew baseball. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Our wedding is in December and, um, it was just, I knew baseball wasn't going to be long term um at least here in delmarva um just there's only so much more room you can you can go up i guess i actually was offered a promotion before i left the shorebirds but it was kind of too little too late as i was already studying for my insurance exams um but basically it was it was you know sacrificing family time um and all that kind of stuff the the hours i I love going to the ballpark every day but then but then you're there for 14 15 hours a day and you look at your paycheck and you're like man what am i doing so so not like i'm getting rich in insurance but it's like you're i'm getting paid basically the same just to work like 8 30 to 5 monday through friday so yeah yeah, man, everything's got its kind of, uh, you know, pros and cons. So yeah. Depends well, on what you want to do. And and like I told you, I had the idea for this podcast for a few years, and now I finally have the time to to give it a shot. So That's it, great, man. Love it. Yeah, and it seems, uh, you know, not not like we're, uh, we're breaking download records here, but um, the people who like it really like it, and it gets pretty good feedback on, on Twitter and whatnot. So, um so yeah so that's why i'm glad to have you on clearly yeah man awesome yeah glad to, ha- glad to be on yeah thank you and um how did you go about getting into the oriole system um so you know i kind of when i was in school i went to school at uh in upstate new york in uh suny Cortland. Mm-hmm. um and a fantastic athletic training program um at that time, I remember um, they had a uh, the New York Jets actually came up for training camp there. Okay, like for the entirety, the, like the length that I was in college for four years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I remember um, they always selected like it was once you were a senior, you got to apply to see if you can do the summer training camp with them. Okay. So I remember once I heard about that, I was like, wow, it's something I kind of want to try out. You know, that'd be awesome. Like in yeah. pro sports, you know. Sure. Um, so then I kind of looked in the avenues of, uh, of pro sports. And then, you know, there's obviously athletic trainers in, in every professional sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at first I thought I wanted to do football and I actually got that Jets internship. Um awesome experience a lot of hard work also yeah um and then you know after i graduated i was like let's see what i can do um 
I had an offer to work with them again for a full season. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Training camp was like two months and it was absolutely tough. It, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can do, fo- I like, I love watching football, but I was like, I don't know if I can work it. It was like so intense. I love, although I love game days and I did a couple games at MetLife and stuff and traveled okay. um, for preseason. I was like, let me look somewhere else. And I was like, baseball is something I've always loved. Uh, played once I, you know, once I was like, I think I started at eight because I I moved here when I was five. Okay. But um, understood the sport and I kind of just like went around and looked on on the internet for jobs and found out um, the athletic training website that they have for professional athletic trainers in baseball and then uh, sent in, well, sent my boss, my former boss, an email saying, hey man, I'm about to graduate. Um, I'm not even certified yet, but I'm taking my test. I'm sure I'm going to pass it, but I want to send you all my stuff because I yeah. really want this position. Sure. So he was like, sure, man. He's like, send me your stuff and, you know, just keep me updated. Let me know when you take your certification exam. And I did. I updated him. I, you know, I told him I passed. Um, I had my interview at this other PT clinic I was working at the time in the attic. It was really weird. <laughs> I was upstairs in the attic, okay. um, like filing paperwork. And I got a phone call. Uh, and I did my first phone interview with them there. And uh, after that, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks later, I was down in Sarasota um, okay. at their spring training complex. Yeah. And, you know, started from there. That was in uh, 2015. That was like March, April 2015. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a question here just because it kind of ties in. What's it like going to Sarasota to spring training for the Orioles every year? Um, so it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Um, I had been to Florida before, like growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, when I was in high school, I had played in uh, Clearwater at the old Phillies um, spring training complex. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in high school, so I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, but then I'd never been down to Sarasota. And then when I went down there, um, spring training is a grind, man. You yeah. know, it's uh, you have everyone in your minor league system. And then obviously you have big league camp, which is like down the road. Um, and it's an absolute grind. Um, you know, it's a full month, month and a half. If you do early camp and stuff, Yeah. no days off, um, 12, 13, 14 hour shifts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like you're always constantly working either. You know, it's like you, you, we go out and I like to call it lifeguard and watch the guys, you know, practice or play games. Okay. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, um, but there's just a, just a flux of, you know, everyone's there and, it's it's a cool thing to see everyone from all the minor league uh, teams, yeah. um, players and staff included. You know, guys that you don't see either throughout your whole season. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice, especially in our um, sports medicine department. Kind of nice to have everyone together and you know see how everyone works and work together and bounce ideas off each other and see how everyone else works. So sure. it's a really fun time, also. Okay, absolutely, awesome. Yep. So. How beneficial is it to be bilingual in your position, especially? Uh, super beneficial, man. Yeah. You know, I actually, I didn't even realize that until I started working in it, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm I'm glad, you know, shout out to my parents for making sure I uh, didn't forget any Spanish growing up. Yeah. When I was learning English, like I said, um, they always said it was, you know, it's going to be helpful. It's going to be helpful. And, you know, I didn't use it, use it that much in college. Right. And then, you know, what do you know? My first job out of, out of college is, is working in a sport where, you know, probably 50% of the 
of the population in the sport is Spanish speaking. Right, right. So um, very important for me um, because, like I said, I can communicate both languages medically to someone, tell them what's going on, calm them down, yeah. especially if it's a Spanish speaking player. Um, and then I, I was used a lot for, you know, translation mm-hmm. um, with, you know, between coaches and players right um, even like I, I used to do i even did some uh like media stuff like translation for players yeah so you know it's it's super beneficial you know so it's you know i never took it for granted even though you know sometimes they catch me at a bad time but you know um it, it's it's good you know I, I it's something that i'm i'm proud to say i can speak both yeah yeah i wish all the time that i was bilingual and um i know i know a little bit um, just yeah. uh, just enough to have casual conversations with the yeah. players in the clubhouse, but you know, yeah, may I'm a Roberto. All you need. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it, yeah. man. <laughs> you spend a little bit, a little bit of time in a clubhouse, man. I tell you, you'll, you'll probably come out learning, learning a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I picked up quite a bit in Wisconsin um, talking to talking to the guys in the clubhouse. But yeah, I I would imagine it's very beneficial to you, um, and and I think and and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it you that pointed out an issue with was it Jose Batista or Fe- no 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 not Jose um, Felix Batista? Uh oh, last last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had yeah, a knot did. in his arm, and he he wouldn't tell anybody about it, and, yeah. and he didn't know any English. Hardly. No, no, no. His his it was bad. Yeah, I remember. Like he didn't know anything, so like you know, he was the only one that I was the only one I could talk to him. Yeah. More than you know, players too, because he would you know obviously he'd probably talk and release a little more information to players, but you know, then right. players told me, so then I gotta you know step in and and intervene and. And then tell the coaching staff what's going on, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was in the press box, and and you know, he he was fun to watch pitch because he's Absolutely. he's throwing fastballs hundred hundred and one. I think he might have even got to hundred and two miles an hour, and yeah. and then yeah. like just one night, I'm in the I'm in the press box, and he's topping out at like seventy eight. And I was just yeah, like, there's got to be something low. wrong. Yeah, it was low. I remember, um, you know, I remember had I remember that game actually. You know, there was you know the coaches looked at me and and Kyle and then um, our pitching coach looked at me. He goes, "Hey, is everything all right?" I was like, "He hasn't told me anything." You know, I was like, "I can't, yeah, I can't do much if someone doesn't tell me anything." Right. So then, obviously, because uh, um, actually, players in the stands looked at me and then um you know they shot me a text message on my on my phone and said hey like that either the gun's broken or, or you know he's not throwing what he normally throws right so you know then we obviously figured it out and you know a couple of weeks of or i think it was a week or so of treatment and then next thing you know he had that game where he threw like 101 102 and like struck out the side or something and, yeah and i remember uh the pitching coach looked at me uh justin ramsey and he's like man whatever you did He's like, keep doing it. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, keep doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I love watching Felix Batista pitch. And it's so funny because, um, like, for, like, the baseball cards and, and like, just on our website, like, in general, like, I, I write, like, the bios for these guys most of the, most of the time. Sometimes, sometimes Will would do it as well. Um, okay. But, like... You just look in in online and you're just like, 
I don't see anything on this guy. Like, you, you yeah. literally have that he played, like, I don't know, 25 games in the Marlins system in, like, the Dominican League, and that's yeah. and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. His, his birthday, yeah, I, his, his the city he was born, and that's it. That's it, yep. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I never, I never heard of him because, I don't know, I don't think he came on. He wasn't in spring training. Okay. And he came along for extended spring training, and then obviously he broke with Aberdeen. Right. And then I, I was hearing up the pipeline, you know, um, that this guy's coming up to me, and I was like, I don't even know. I've never even heard of this guy. And then I realized he wasn't in spring. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then I heard um, actually Gary, the athletic trainer, Gary Smith in Aberdeen, he was like, yeah, he, he throws hard. Yeah. So, um, and then when he came in, I remember I was like, wow, this kid's a, this kid's a body. Yeah. That's you know that's for sure. That's that's kid. saying it lightly. He's what what yeah. is he? He's like six eight, six nine. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. yeah. He he throws real hard and he's really yeah. fun to watch. Um, it was fun to watch. You know, I'm yeah. I'm I'm glad we got to witness that. You know, on the when when he came along and he definitely helped win some ball games. I'll tell yeah. you that. Oh yeah, yeah. So you worked in the GCL in Aberdeen and Delmarva. What is the bi- biggest difference as far as your position goes between the different minor league levels? So just speaking on, on my personal experiences, mm-hmm. um, I would think, well, this is, this is my personal opinion, um, players are probably going to hate the GCL because it's like the lowest level and everyone wants to get to affiliated ball. Right. But as far as like scheduling and... Um, kind of having everything at at a little better convenience for me personally i'd probably rank that you know the top one because um we're playing at our spring training complex which is at um at ed smith stadium you know the mm-hmm. top uh i mean um what was i gonna say the the their spring training home so it's okay. you know you have it's a top-notch facility yeah um very clean um you know, nice big training room. We have like underground um, hot and cold whirlpools. You got everything. You're just wow, going. that's yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. So yeah, yeah, for for rookie ball. Yeah. So like that's 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 the thing. Um, yeah. You know, they have a cafeteria. You get you get meals cooked for you, so you don't have to worry about a lot of things that you would worry about in affiliated ball. Right. Um, that okay. being said, though, just for like convenience purposes, I'd probably pick that first. Mm-hmm. But like you know. I don't think anything beats really being with an affiliate sure. and, and traveling. Right. Um, that's fun, man. So I would, you know, Aberdeen was fun. It, it, it goes by quick because it's so it's 70 games. Yeah. It starts yeah. in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the difference after that is once you get into affiliated ball, you uh, actually some, some organizations do it different, but for us athletic trainers, we're in charge of, um, just making sure travel stuff was also um kind of on point yeah make sure there was you know as far as you know i mean as you probably know um the front office and stuff they book hotels and yeah. stuff for the team mm-hmm. and then where i come in is um doing just making sending them a rooming list to make sure like okay. everyone's got a room yeah um that's i know oakland tedious, does that too yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, some some teams are lucky and fortunate to have like a either traveling clubhouse manager, which like Emmett tried to do a couple of times, and yeah, um, you know, um, 
and then um so they they're usually the ones in charge of doing that but you know i did it for both um aberdeen and and delmarva okay um yeah and then after that i'd probably say is um managing a budget Mm, yeah as far as like athletic training room supplies and equipment goes okay um so that was new for me once i kind of left gcl um kind of managing you know a few thousand dollars and i'm like at my disposal to waste you know not waste it but spend it wisely yeah you know on stuff that we need for the team and stuff so that was another big responsibility but you know it was it it, it serves a purpose so okay. yeah. it's something that's that has to be done so um those are probably the three biggest differences i would say um you know going up from level and then obviously besides um players you know you go from yeah. like a, a GCL roster of like 35 to 40, you know, there's a lot of guys. And then to, you know, well, Aberdeen's kind of almost the same. Right. Um, but then, you know, once you get to Delmarva, it's a 25 man roster and that's it. And you mm-hmm. have a ghost 26 man. Yeah. Uh, in case. Yep. So that's, you know, uh, workload, like for player wise and stuff, it's, it's a little nicer to see a little decrease in numbers. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably it. All right. Did you ever travel to Williamsport when you were with Aberdeen? No, that's one place I did want. I wish I went. Okay. That was, uh, well, that's yeah. my hometown. We, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's why oh, I man. asked. But yeah, I, I yeah, grew up, yeah. well, I got my start in minor league baseball interning there. And I grew up going to games there. I, my parents lived two minutes away from the ballpark there. So that, I just wanted to know. Yeah, so I just wanted to know if you ever went there. But yeah. no, who's that's that's uh, who's affiliate Cardinals? Uh, Phillies, Phillies, Phillies. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, and I never went. Like the year, I it was funny because they're they're technically not in Aberdeen's, uh, I think division. Their division, yeah, yeah. So then I think the year that I was there is the year they skip over because I think they did every other year. Okay, yeah. yeah so um, the year before, I know that I know like 2016, the year that I before I was there, they went to Williamsport. Okay. So yeah, yeah. No, I wish I went. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I haven't been back in quite a while. I haven't lived there in quite a while, but it's it's a fun town. So, um, yeah. Can you kind of just outline your daily duties during the season? Like walk us through a day. Yeah, sure. So, um, do you want like let's see, home and away, or just yeah, in general? yeah? Let's do home and away. Let's do home and away. All yeah. right. So we'll start with home, obviously. Um, so for home games, everything kind of starts a little earlier, as you. I mean, as you probably know. I mean, yeah. I don't know what time you got to show up to the to the ballpark. I would but, show up at ten. Yeah. So kind of around the same. Depends. I'd probably show up around like eleven, eleven thirty. Okay. Sometime right before lunch. Yeah. Um, you know, and then players start kind of trickling in between the hours of like one and like two something. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, usually that time, like when I get in there, I'll kind of just like set everything up, make sure everything's kind of ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll just, you know, whoever comes in or like, you know, if a player communicates to me the day before, hey, I'm going to be in at, you know, let's say like one thirty, Right. Uh, for a little, you know, um, to get some work in or something, to get some, some soft tissue or something like that. Okay. You know, I'll do some treatments right around that time, okay. like an hour before like actual report time is. Um, and do a little something there. Um, and then guys obviously come in early to also work out. So me and the yeah. strength coach are there and we just monitor that. Um, 
So, you know, that's that's probably around right leads you up to like report time where everyone else comes in mm-hmm. and then um, you know, players who don't come in early and they just came in at a regular time, they'll, you know, do treatments up until I'm basically available until you, we go out for, you know, stretch and catch play and all sure. that stuff. Okay. So up until then, I'm just kind of working, depending on what I got going on, working with players. And then I go out and, and lifeguard some some catch play and then some some BP, you know? Yeah. So and I think that's where your job kicks in. You put on some tunes, right? Yep, yep. You used to put on some tunes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emmett, so. Emmett's the master of texting me to turn on the tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you'd always say that. And then, or someone like, you know, it's so funny because I'd be watching BP behind the turtle or something, and then a player goes, hey, uh, it's like, I mean, can you tell, you know, whoever's up there to, to change a certain to a certain song, you know? Yep, yep. So, I got and it. you were always the, the infamous guy on the other end. Yep, yep. And and Emmett, <laughs> and Emmett followed me. We worked together in Wisconsin, and then he followed me to Delmarva. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just Emmett's personal DJ for, <laughs> for what, four years, so. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny how that works. Yeah. You know? Strange. Yeah. I had I had a similar instance with. Uh, I'm just gonna like skip the question a little bit. But I'll get back no, to it. Um, um, with Gary Smith, another athletic trainer, um, that's with Aberdeen. Okay. Um, he. I actually met him in 2014 at the Jets training camp. Oh wow! So yeah. Okay. So I met him first there, and I got introduced to him, and yeah, and we worked together for a summer. And then, you know, so funny, I got hired in like April or end of March. And then I remember like I was down there in Florida for like two months and my boss goes, hey, do you know Gary Smith? And I was like, there's only one Gary Smith I know that I've just recently met. And I was like, and he's, you know, I was like, and he worked with me with the Jets. He goes, yeah, that's why I'm asking. And he showed me his resume that he got on his phone. I was wow. Like, wow. I was like, that is so strange. Yeah. And then uh, it was like a month later, he, he came down and he was in uh sarasota with me too so yeah it's funny how it works oh yeah you know for sure (laughs) um but getting back to your question so you know usually i'm just when bp and 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 pitchers out there i'm just i'm just watching making sure nothing's going on um but then after that you know it's it's you know some people that don't like to come in and get stuff done pre um you know, pre-workout, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, like pre-BP or, or pre-bullpen or whatever. Yeah. Um, those guys will come in after. Okay. After um, after BP, so you know, I'll do a little more work there. A lot of time tends to be like more pitchers um, tend to be after after they throw a pen or something. Um, we have an arm camp program that anytime someone steps on a on a on a mound, whether it's a bullpen or a game, they have to do uh, shoulder care. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to make sure I monitor and make sure I, you know, you know, catch those guys that probably just want to get out of it and are just sitting at their lockers, staring at their phone or eating. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, there's, there's a handful of guys through my years that have been just like, oh, wait, I had to do that. I forgot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just got to I got to come up behind them and give them a friendly reminder, you know, a little right. tap on the shoulder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that brings you pretty much up to, to game time at home. And then, you know, again, I go out there and lifeguard during the game hoping nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but then as far as the road, it's kind of the same scheduling, but it's um, a little, I guess, a little more compressed for time because, you know, we go to the ballpark later as a visiting team. We get a little later BP yeah. slot. 
So time's a little more crunch. So, you know, players don't kind of hang around much. If they need something, they'll come in right away mm -hmm. and we'll get things. Or I'll make sure I'll, I'll voice to them. I'm like, hey, we need to make sure we get this done because we don't have a lot of time. Right. So and that's about it. You know, and that's uh, like I said, nothing beats getting paid to watch a baseball game for, for a few hours. Yeah. that. Well, that's yeah. why I loved my position um, because I, I've been in the press box for – you know, seven years, and I'm pretty much That's the only. View, What's that? That's a good view. Yeah, good exactly. View so, I was pretty much the only person in the front office that got paid to watch baseball. Yeah. Now. Oh yeah, because you're doing you're doing uh, the, the you know songs and media. And stuff, I was I was so. doing um, usually well in Delmarva um, especially. I was doing the video board. In Wisconsin, uh, we didn't have a video board, so I was doing the music and PA announcing at the same time. So, a little different. Yeah, yeah, just a little, a little different. But yeah, they yeah. they installed that um, video board right before my first season with uh, the Shorebirds. So, so yeah, that's basically what I did during the games. So, um, but yeah, I love watching the games, of course, and getting paid to do so. So. Yeah, like I said, you got you have a pretty good view up there, so oh, yeah. um, that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So clearly, there was a new regime in Baltimore, and so what kind of differences have you seen in the Orioles organization since that new regime has started, and did that change affect your position at all? Um, so one of the biggest things I'd probably say is the, uh, implementation of data. Okay. Um, that, you know, you've, you've heard for the past few years, got kind of getting thrown around in, in baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, is everyone using data? Everyone using TrackMan, you know, Rap Sotos or the, or the, um, slow motion cameras for pitchers and stuff for their bullpens. Right. Um, so yeah, that was that was a big uh, thing, and uh, a, a thing called K vest for for hitters in the cage. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of a lot a lot of data stuff. Um, yeah. So that was it was kind of cool, you know. I I think it was a little overwhelming probably for some people. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't have to deal with the actual like that fun, you know, because I'm not a I'm not a coach or something, so I didn't have to um, deal with that firsthand. Okay. But. Um, it did affect like our sports medicine department in a way that, you know, we had to make sure, you know, we had to do a little, some, sometimes maybe an additional screening of some sort because, you know, front office wanted, you know, something, um, to get some data on some stuff. Okay. Um, but you know, I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And I saw definitely a, a change in that from at least 2018 when I was in Delmarva to 2019, yeah. um, you know, um, a lot of players really liked it. I mean, especially at least I think pitchers really like that, you know, that, that slow motion camera. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so you can see a lot of things and, and, and I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I know there's a lot of old school people out there, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's different when, you know, you maybe cause everyone's a different learner. You can see something more visually. Yeah. Um, and better, you know, sometimes, um, I've sat in a, on a couple of those, you know, uh, not on purpose, but by accident on, on a pitcher, you know, talking to our, our pitching coach, like, Hey, like, I think this is, I'm not feeling this pitch or whatever. And then yeah. he's like, no, no, but look at, look at this. Like, 
you're fine. Like it's, it's right. fine. Just keep throwing what you're throwing because okay. you're looking at it right here. This is fine. You're like you know, you're not missing anything. Yeah. So I think that does wonders for for a player. Sure. Sure. Um, Absolutely. So that's probably one of that's one probably one of the biggest uh, changes that I saw was the implementation of all this kind of data. Even okay. though it all came at once and probably overwhelmed a lot of people, yeah. like I said. But it was. I think it was definitely useful. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We're going to wrap up this interview with Adrian Gonzalez right after this break. Adrian, who has been the funniest guy in the clubhouse during your time with the Orioles? Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to probably pick just between – well, it's kind of difficult even though I was going to say like the past three years that I was with Affiliated Ball. That's a lot of bodies to go through though. Yeah. Um, that's a tough question. But I'm going to actually have to pick the most recent one um, from the 2019 team which is a very good team as far as you know, you know. Oh yeah. We, we saw we saw great things with that team, you know. Yeah, 90 um, wins. Yeah, 90 wins, man. I was hoping to get 100. That would have been that would have been electric. We were on pace. Oh yeah. You know, for a while, but um I'd probably have to go with Ryan Ogren who really you know, came, yeah. Okay. Who came on in like I think it was like maybe late April or early May um from a trade from Seattle. Yeah. Um, he he's like some he he has some different energy, man. I tell you, yeah. Uh, so you have to kind of spend a day in the clubhouse to kind of really catch his vibe, and and yeah, he made he made some people laugh. Um, some people might call it you know strange or weird, but I I thought it was you know hilarious. <laughs> you know, he just it was different. It yeah, was some different energy. You know? I I guess well his. I don't. I guess I didn't really have any one-on-one time with Ryan Ogren, but like his yeah. walk-up songs were all over the place. Like it would go from yeah, like yeah. gangster rap to heavy metal to country. Um, <laughs> but in my personal experience, and maybe it's just because I've always spent more time with them, is the pitchers are always like have way more personality and are funnier than position players and and like i said yeah. that might be because i'm more exposed to them but yeah i mean you you know what you are right you know um because our bullpen was hilarious yeah and so like i couldn't even just pick one guy out of that whole group either cuz <laughs> right each of them had they, they all just did it together yeah. So it was like one of the funniest things. I don't know if you ever noticed from up top, but you know, like what oh, they yeah. did at, at the at the start of every game, with they would all kind of just after the national anthem, they would all stay lined up and like tip their cap to uh, Patrick Leland, who was their first base coach, <laughs> and then he would do like a little bow, and then they would all go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, pitchers are they're a different breed too. Oh those, yeah, those guys are different. You know, I love have one job. I love John Palufo. I love him. He's a little crazy, yeah. He's oh yeah, crazy. he's just a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I love Nick Vespi. I think Nick Vespi's yep. hilarious. Um, just just to name a few, but yeah, 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 yeah. Vespi's definitely a funny kid. Oh yeah. Um, that whole team was like everyone that kind of even that you know came in after you know we sent some guys up. 
um, or were there the whole year. They were, everyone kind of clicked and, yeah. and got together and everyone kept it light. So, yeah. you know, it's tough picking a, a, a funniest guy, but I would probably still say Ogren. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to spring this question on you because it just came to me. What was it like working with the number one overall pick, Adley Rushman? Yeah, so I, you know, I didn't think we were gonna gonna get him up up to Delmarva. Yeah, um, you know, because it was like so it was getting so late, and I was like, "There's no way." You know, they might as well just finish him, finish him having him at, at um, in the Penn League and stuff with the Ironbirds and yeah. stuff. I'm like, whatever. And then next thing you know, I, I remember coming into the ballpark one day, and uh, they were kind of sectioning off the. the the parking spots and yeah. i was like my parking spots taken i'm like well you know where do i park <laughs> um but you know then they're like oh adley rushman's coming i was like oh okay yeah so then um he was cool man very very low-key guy just kind of you know um obviously he knew he was the number one pick and stuff he knew what everything comes with that yeah but he kept it cool you know he wasn't like you know it's not like his ego went like through the roof or something he just kept it right. cool just wanted to be like the other guys mm-hmm. um but I think everyone was kind of, you know, low-key excited when, when we heard that he was coming up. Yeah. Um, players included. But he was, he was he was fun guy to work with. Um, I communicated with him every every step of the way when he was on his way up, making sure he's good. Okay. Um, and uh, just really down, down-to-earth guy, you know, just yeah. playing some ball. That's about it. Um, but he was cool. Hard worker. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know. Not nothing really else to say about that. Yeah, I mean, Orioles fans clearly see him as the future, maybe the savior. I don't know, <laughs> but like, and and like I said, I've watched low A baseball for eight years, and like you know, at low A, it's kind of just like, all right, this guy's a decent catcher. Um, he calls a good game and like, but he right. can't. You know, he's not that great of a hitter. Like, I, I guess I did work with. I I only worked with one catcher that made it to the bigs. Um, so yeah, he yeah, he yeah. was a solid catcher, um, and then also could hit really well. Um, yeah. But then, but then Adley is just like a different breed, man. Like he is the best catcher i've seen defensively ever and then and then like the way he hits the ball like the way he has an approach at the plate is incredible honestly yeah um so yeah i do think he's the whole package um and hopefully everything works out for him yeah i know i mean and and on top of that he's a switch hitter you know um i mean i saw a lot more at bats of him batting lefty yeah um but you know i remember the first time a, a guy tried to run on him and then all of a sudden he just threw a straight bullet. He hosed second him. base. Like, yeah, every, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I mean, I get it. Like why, why try? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's still part of the game. Like low A, you still got to learn fundamentals and do stuff, the small right. things. But I was just like, Oh my God. So unfair. Yeah. You know, guys and, were just waiting to put the tag on people. They were just, you know, they just laid it down in front of the bag. And right. they just slide it in. <laughs> yeah. And, so. And Daniel Fajardo is also really good. Like not to yep. not to say like, you know, he doesn't have a chance. Like he clearly yeah. he clearly does. <clears throat> like he he was probably the best catcher I ever saw before I saw Rushman play. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. For the Warriors, at least. Yeah. Who did, let me ask you a question then. Yeah. Um, who did, one out of the years you were, you were with who? Beloit and? And Delmarva. What other team? Oh, Del, that's it. Delmarva, and then I interned <laughs> with Williamsport. So did you get to see any, like, who was their best player maybe that you saw come up through through those teams? Um, probably Matt Chapman, the third oh, base, okay. the third baseman for the Oakland. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. Platinum Glove winner, man. Yeah, guy's, man. Guys, uh, guys, good defensively over there. Yeah, um, yeah. It was probably <laughs> oh, him. Cool. Matt Olson was was really good. Um, he's first baseman for the A's right now. Um, I don't think there's been any guys. I mean, there's certainly <clears throat> going to be at some point. Um, there hasn't been any guys that have made it to Baltimore since I've been since I was with uh, Delmarva, right? Yeah. Um, so so, but clearly we're going to with with Rushman and Grayson Rodriguez and you know a few other guys. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of talent, definitely for sure. Yeah, great uh, <clears throat> great Fenter. I I think yeah. Nick Vespi will make it honestly. Um, yeah, man, we we have a lot. There's a lot of good talent, and, and their their farm system is, is slowly but surely starting to kind of get yeah. a good reputation, and it's loaded. Yeah, Caden um, Caden Grenier, so. um, and you know who I thought was really good, who is not in organized baseball right now, and I think it might have to do with an injury, is Kervin Mesquite. That's he was he was a good player. Yeah, you know he was he was fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a 2018. Yeah, I don't know how many stolen bases he had, but it was a lot. I remember. I can't give you the number off the top of my head. Yeah. But he was. Uh, yeah. He was scrappy. Scrappy oh, yeah. is a good word I would describe him as. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and and I talked to him like a couple times, and I I just liked his personality, and um, yeah. I loved his walk up songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, like he stole. I think he 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 comp- he blew away the South Atlantic League with stolen bases. Um, yeah, but yeah, I can't remember. I think he was. I think he watch. was at like it had to have been over thirty. Um, I think it was in the fifties. I think. Yeah, I know it was somewhere there because there there was a bet. There was a bet with. Yeah, he he had a bet with Jonathan Scope, who's his, yeah. his really good friend. Yeah, he had a bet with Jonathan Scope, and I think it was fifty-five bags. Was the bet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, I think he got five. K or 10k i don't know yeah but i don't remember exactly the monetary value but i remember he did tell me that um that he had a bet with scope because they are really good friends they both come come from the same country well they're from the same town i think like the same city yeah so yeah so what is the absolute most important stretch for a player and does that vary per position um so yeah i would i would say it it absolutely varies um i would say probably i don't really i've never really stretched a lot of position player guys okay um you know but pitchers i'll I'll have pitchers every time either a starter or a reliever sometimes if they know they're hot that game um they'll get their arm stretched and we kind of have a routine in our sports medicine department of uh kind of a whole shoulder and um arm stretch so that players really like um some players just try it because they've seen so many guys do it and you know they see it in spring or something like, oh i want to try it. but then they end up 
you know, not liking it or they end up, you know, makes their arm feel weird or something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would say just like, at least for, for pitchers, you know, a good shoulder stretch. Um, if it's definitely not before, uh, a game when they go out on the bump, um, I would say definitely after. Yeah. If they're, if they're definitely a third type of guy that gets really sore after throwing. Um, but that's, I mean, I would say probably for pitchers is the most important thing. Yeah. Okay. So this is the pulling tart podcast. What do you think the best stretch would be for MILB front office members before putting the tarp on the field or taking it off? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, Thank you. I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of uh, failed pull attempts yes. at, at pulling some tarp, and then some really good ones where uh, you know, like either people get dragged or something, or they get held back. Oh, or, uh, yeah, I've been a part of like those that. too. Oh. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even I. I remember seeing one in West Virginia, actually in 2018. They caught it right before the summer. Actually, it was the day before the All-Star break in 2018. We were in West Virginia. Okay. And they waited to pull the tarp at the last absolute minute. They knew it was going to downpour. No one wanted to be there anymore. It was yeah. super hot, super humid. And then they waited until it started raining, and then it actually started pouring. They tried to pull the tarp on, yeah. and there's a huge gust of air that came in and trapped and made a bubble underneath. Oh. And they couldn't even they couldn't even pull it because it yeah. got so tough. Mm-hmm. So they just left it there, and the the water you know water actually just soaked that entire field. Yeah. Then they just called the game, and we all went home. <laughs> but um, so I've seen a, a lot of funny moments like that. Okay, but um, going back to it, I would probably say you got to stretch your legs, man, because that's where all your power is going to come from. Yeah, um, and make sure you have a tight grip when you're when you're pulling but you got to really use your legs so i would say make sure your legs are loose yeah um and even though it's kind of tough to do if you get a random thunderstorm that pops up and you got to run out there but right um yeah i I would say just stretch your legs out i always i'm always a i'm always a calf stretcher gotta stretch my calves playing playing soccer growing up i uh got a lot of cramps in my calves so um and then quads um, yeah. If you can do the hamstrings, you know, if you have time, but yeah. but you know, um, yeah, you always calves for me. Yeah, so. that's where I mean, that's where your your power comes from. Power comes from your lower half. So yeah. you know, if you got to pull that tarp, you know, whether it's right before right before a storm's coming or, or you know, you got to pull it at two a.m. because it's about to rain the next yeah. morning. I you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> miss nightmares. those. I've heard nightmares about that, man. I'm like, that's one thing I'm glad I don't do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't miss. I I got to a point where I tweeted like I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. Now, like I was like, I almost just almost miss pulling tarp. Now, like it's a, we're so far like we're so far away from like sports being on and like yeah yeah and and like being able to exit like the gyms are all closed and stuff like that like i kind of almost wanted to pull a tarp but <laughs> not not quite there yet i remember i remember i asked uh jimmy and chris one time i was like hey you mind if i like go up there one time and they're like dude come help us out you know it's it's, <laughs> it's a thing but i was like you know i never i remember every time seeing rain i was like i wanted to get in the tunnel because you know since we're not connected i was like oh what's the fastest way to get into that tunnel so i can get back into that clubhouse right right <laughs> Yeah. but yeah you know it's i've I've seen some good times of uh, people trying to pull some tarp so have you ever had to like treat people that that 
like front office members from pulling tarp? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe besides just like a giving out, you know, making sure that um, that they have a band aid or whatever they need if they got cut or something. Okay. That's about it. Nothing, nothing too major. Nothing right. that have to like you know prepare for surgery or something. Right. <laughs> um, no, that's about it. Maybe 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 some uh, some Advil or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's about it. Nothing yeah. major. Yeah. So you've tra- you traveled with Aberdeen and Delmarva. So what is your favorite and least favorite places to travel to in your MILB career? Huh. Um, I'm going to give you one from each each uh All right. each affiliate. Okay. Um and I'm going to go to So I'll start with Aberdeen and I'll say least favorite. Oh man, it's you know it's funny because they have there's like pros and cons at least sure. for some of them. Right. So like uh I would say worst spot to travel to because of the field in Aberdeen had to be Vermont. Okay. Yeah, the Lake Monsters. Yeah. They, you know, I remember walking up to that and like getting to our "quote unquote" clubhouse. Yeah, and it looked like no one had cleaned that. It looked like a high school varsity, maybe JV locker room with like just dust everywhere that they haven't cleaned up in oh, I don't know how long. Yeah, um, my training room shared uh, a, a, an entrance way into the showers. Okay. So that, <laughs> yeah. so that was interesting. Uh, field, the dugout was was really crappy. Field was like, you know, I remember looking out into the grass and it was like so uneven. I'd see like kind of bumps everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the town of Burlington was awesome. And I've heard that. Pretty, yeah. And we stayed at a pretty nice hotel. Okay. So, you know, but just traveling and like having to do my job, it made it so much harder going going to Vermont when I okay. was there. Um, as far as going to like one of the best places when I was in Aberdeen, I'd probably say um, Staten Island. Yeah, Yankees affiliate. All right, very cool ballpark. Um, just kind of overlooking. You get you know overlooking to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clubhouse was pretty big. Training room was a decent size. Um, so that that was pretty pretty fun to, to go over there. Okay. Um, and then going to let's see in Delmarva, let's see South Atlantic League. Well, um, I don't know. It's going to be a toss up between Hagerstown and Kannapolis. Okay. Um, I'd probably say because I didn't get to go to. Um, I never went to Augusta. Uh, even though they have a new stadium now, I heard mm-hmm. though. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't get to go to Augusta and somewhere else. I don't think. But I remember when I when I got told I was going to Delmarva, my medical coordinator was like, "Hey, man." He's like, "Listen." He's like, "You've never been through minor league baseball until you go through two places, and one of the places was Beloit." Yes. And the other place was Hagerstown, Maryland. <laughs> Those are the two places he said yeah. you'll never he's like it's never minor league baseball until you go through at least one of those two places. Yes. You're you you're right. I've never been yeah. to Hagerstown, but I've heard it's the Beloit of the South Atlantic League. Um, yeah. and Beloit was it definitely was the most challenging place I've ever had to work. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard I've heard some stories about Beloit too, so I would have just I would have liked to experience it, but I've never been out there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, yeah, supposedly also, they're getting a new ballpark. 
They're oh, su- yeah, well, hopefully. They're supposed to... We're uh, recording this on the 10th. I just read an article today that they're breaking ground on the new stadium on the 15th. Oh, wow. I'll believe it when I see it, but... Yeah, that's that's definitely something to believe when you see it. Yeah. Because uh, maybe they're trying to save their team, you know? Get yeah. Stadium. Yeah. So... Yeah, man. So I, I, yeah, I would, I would say Hagerstown and um, probably Hagerstown one and Kannapolis two. Hagerstown okay. was another one of those where my athletic training room shared. In front of me was the showers, and to my right was the bathroom. Oh, so it was like geez. the stall and like and the toilet. Wow. So and also a very small space. So like you know having to very small clubhouse as well. Yeah. Um, and then Kannapolis was a little bigger, but it was also very dirty. Um, and then the fields, both those fields are pretty, pretty bad comparably. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and then probably one of the best places in, in, uh, the South Atlantic league stadium wise, I'd probably have to go with, um, Columbia. Okay. Fireflies. Yeah. Um, so the year that, uh, 2018 was only like the second year that they had, that stadium was up. So mm-hmm. it was still fairly clean. It was still fairly clean just yeah. last season too, but, uh, awesome awesome uh stadium uh it was absolutely electric there you could i didn't sometimes i forget if i was at a club with the way they played the music like the pump up thing. really yeah 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 okay. it was it was crazy um they had really good like i don't know if it was the, the media people or like whatever but their video board and stuff like they went like ham they went in okay and like i said i don't know i don't remember if i was sometimes watching a baseball game or if i was at a club because it was ten o'clock and I'm watching a game, you know. Interesting. All right. Yeah, so uh, it was fun, and then and then they packed the house too, so it was fun. Um, and then I would say Lakewood too. Lakewood had a pretty nice stadium and, and clubhouse, but Columbia would probably be the top one. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of fun, you know. You see a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Um, so. Very cool. All right. So. I know you're not really on social media, but where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, yeah, just so you know, like Googling like Adrian Gonzalez like baseball or Adrian Gonzalez oh. Orioles is like Yeah, I mean you you come up eventually, but like it's still Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. pretty hard I to know. find you. I know. I, I actually, I remember when I got like my job a couple of years in, I tried to Google myself and I was like, I can't find myself. Like it's the most, you know, every, everything that's going to come up is, is a former major league baseball player. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually only, the only one I really use is Instagram. I am on Instagram. It's okay. probably one of my favorite, uh, platforms. I don't have Twitter. I used to have Twitter, but I don't have it anymore. Okay. Um, I should get it though. I've hear always hear good things about it to get it again. I like I like um, Twitter, um, but yeah, but yeah. What's your What's your handle on Insta? So my my handle on Instagram is a dot gonzo g o n z o seven. Okay, all right. I'm gonna give you a that's follow. Where you can find, yeah, that's where you can find me on Instagram for sure. All right, perfect. So, so you've listened to a couple other episodes. What has been your favorite walk up or warm up song in your MILB career, and whose was it? Man, I've I've heard a lot, um, yeah. and you you brought up the point earlier. Kevin Muskie in 2018 had a, had a a lot of good songs that he used, um, but I'm gonna go with one of recent memory, and only because 
of um, like the team. I was uh, the 2019 Shorebirds, um, Kings of Summer by um, AOK and, and Quincy. Okay. Um, it was a great Fenner's song. Yeah. Uh, before he pitched. So, um, and I remember listening to it. I remember it at the second playoff game we had when he went absolutely berserk. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when he was like warming up to it. He was like, I could. I looked at him, and he was like, kind of like singing it to himself. And uh, the next thing you know, he has thirteen strikeouts in six innings, and yeah. in a terrible, devastating loss. To Tell Hickory, me about man. it. Oh my yeah. gosh! I I was hoping we can get at least one win, man. He pitched lights out, and we just yeah. could not score a run to save our lives. No. But. Which is funny because we had, you know, our pitching kept us in in the game for the whole year, and yeah. then we, you know, we had pretty good offense. Yeah, we did. Uh, we couldn't score one run, but yeah, that's the song I'm going to go with just because of that very memorable game that I probably won't ever forget. All right, perfect. So, and um, yes, great. <laughs> we'll co- we'll close the podcast out with with that song, um, but Gray Fenter. He's the only player I knew that could change his walk-up song literally right before he pitched. Like <laughs> I would I would give Emmett shit like when guys would want to change their walk-up songs when like after the gates open because like because like the music computer's already going, it's playing songs, yeah, like people yeah. are going into their seats and I'm supposed to download a new song and and all this stuff, you know, whatever. But <laughs> he would he would radio up to me and and say gray wants to change his walk-up song and it's and it's literally seven seven o'clock and the game starting at 705 705 yep <laughs> and i'm just like what do you expect me to do here like so then we just uh, ended up playing it on youtube or spotify but yeah but yeah see i, I didn't even know that's how that works um that you obviously have it like preloaded, but that all makes sense because you know everything's kind of got to be pre pre set up. Yeah, um, which makes sense as to why. Like I remember there'd be a bunch of times whether whether it was Gray or another guy. He's like, oh, he's like, I have to send this text up to Bobby. He's not gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Well, the system we used would allow us to like a lot of guys will be like, all right, started at twenty three seconds. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that's the program we would use, but great, yeah. you know, pitchers are a little different. They usually get the whole song because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're out there longer warming up. But that's um, probably a little shout out at at uh, Seamus Curran that started that exactly at you know. Yeah, well, he changed seconds. his walk up song a lot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Pulling Tart Podcast, Adrian. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and. uh Enjoy a nice adult beverage, and um, yeah, best of luck going to PT school and uh, continuing your career, and uh, hopefully you get back into baseball. Thanks, Bobby. Like again, thanks for having me on, and uh, this was fun. Yeah. Jumping off the porch like mom's not home. Tell me why the best things feel so wrong. Summer nights, love them how they take so long. With the feeling of being alive while we're jumping off the porch like mom's not home. Just a couple kids living on our own. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show.
Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.